Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumbacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked about on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sudden United Talk Time on Podcast, sponsored by Lucky Star Gin. It's the Sudden Podcast, and whilst not the voice, these are the words of your host Mike. In an epic fail, I stopped the recording and only kept the transcript. Apologies to my guests who also have AI voices. With me on today's panel we have got Andy and Sarah and we will be covering the MK Don's draw. We got a draw, we didn't lose and we will look forward to a historic trip to Port Vale. I'm going to keep banging that historic business because it is. Don't forget the engagement is really important. Like, share, retweet, Ray X or whatever he calls it nowadays. Talk to other Sudden fans. Let me know what you think of the show. Give me your comments and what not. It is your show. And a big shout out to the regular listeners that do engage and share and like all the tweets. Thank you very much. I do see you so thank you very much guys. So let's going to dive right in and we're going to talk to the debut boy first of all. We'll say hello to Andy, tell us about yourself and and your Sutton United history. Yeah, so I've been going to Sutton since the 80s, since I was like a teenager. Yeah, I must admit, I do have another team, which is Ipswich, so I kind of was, yeah, I was going to Sutton 
As I said, as a teenager in the 80s, I may have taken a bit of a break from Sutton throughout the 90s. But yeah, and then I've been coming back to Sutton about the last 10 years or so. You know, having kids and the family, it's a lot easier to get to Gander Green Lane, only two minutes away than do the long trek. Absolutely, and I caught you in into the podcast with a slightly different way of everyone else. I suckered you in by doing like a WWE SummerSlam, Royal Rumble type thing. And you were like, oh, it's going to be wrestling and football, and there was no more. No, no, you owe me a WrestleMania, Sutton United, I think. Yeah, I'm a bit of a WWE fan as well, so that really got my attention. Yeah, it's one of those days I was like, oh, I forgot all about that. And I was just I was messing around with some AI and thought, let's see what happens. And I thought it was brilliant because it did this whole script. So I don't know if you're familiar with the concept. But it's all the different wrestlers coming together and they all try and chuck each other over the top rope. And the way it worked, it made John Bardon win. And John had just been out with the injury. It was like, oh my god. Now on to Sarah. It was mid-April since we saw you last. How have you been? It's going very well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a win. I haven't gone crazy or anything, but yeah. Yeah, and how was her game to beforehand? I know you did a little interview and some other bits and bobs. Yeah. That went really well, thanks. As you say, I had a little interview in the NBA lounge telling the hospitality guests and everyone what it was all about. So yeah. That went quite well. And then we did a little bit of chatting to people in the fan zone, which was nice. We had some stuff going on out on the ground, like my daughters got to be flag bearers, which was a last minute thing, which they were very excited about. So that was nice. Excellent. And they came up with, I mean, I'm not suggesting I've spoken to them or made too much influence on them. But oh my god, they came up with one of the cheesiest lines ever. We were handing out bits in the fan zone, and we're going like, come on, free flags, get your photos. And then one of them just shouted out, flag for life, and I hit the floor. I was like, that's proper cheese, I love this, you're coming on the show as soon as possible. I'm not saying she gets it from her mum, but she gets it from her mum. So a bit of club news, the ladies side won today, 2-1 away from home, it was nil-nil at halftime, and they won, so that's good news. Coach Travel, obviously all the details are on the forum, Coach to Crawley. Do need to get on there because it's still a train strike at the moment, I believe. And again, I have a history of taking credit for things. So I'm not sure if that's true, but I started talking about the 50-50 tickets and ever since then. The prize money seems to have gone up because more people are buying them. So I think that absolutely proves that I had everything to do with that, not the fact that I got more volunteers doing it. But yesterday it was amazing, it was about 200 quid, the prize money which went to, I think it was an MK Don's fan, yeah. But still, I mean it's 200 quid, that's brilliant. Spent 400 quids worth of tickets, so that's really, really good. She had a great day didn't she? First time at Sutton and get stat. Well. Exactly, everything's paid for, I know, but yeah, keep it up everyone with the 50-50s, it is really. 
Really good and obviously all the money goes to the supporters club, so do keep that up. So let's get on to the match and a couple of changes, a bit dramatic possibly. One that possibly no one saw coming or possibly some people were suggesting but didn't actually really see coming. With Ben on the bench, how are you guys? I always think I was four out to be quite honest with you, so how are you guys ahead of kickoff? Did you make the changes as you expected or did they come as a surprise to you? We'll start with you, Sarah. I didn't really predict anything because I was rather busy before the game, but it was a surprise to see the changes. But it wasn't an unwelcome one, because I think we've all been saying, with no disrespect to anyone whatsoever, we needed a bit of a shake-up, we needed a change. I mean, no one can argue with that really, I'm sure. So I was actually quite pleased to see, because I think, I really rate Ben. He's one of my favorite players, but he hasn't been himself lately, for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, Andy, if nothing else, it lets players know that their place isn't always safe. They can't be guaranteed a place in the side no matter who they are or how well they've played for us in the past. But what were your thoughts ahead of it? I don't think he's ever been rested or dropped or rotated since he joined. So I guess it is a surprise. And I think last season... For example, beginning of this time last season, I know we were churning out wins against Wimbledon and Bauer, but they weren't good performances. Last season, we only really picked up a game when he came back. I know Ollie Smith came back as well, and Angie Boyd came back on loan, and that was what really kick-started our season. But I thought we really struggled, really struggled, without him beginning last season. So yeah, it's a bit surprising. I must admit, I haven't been to the away games. I know we've conceded nine in the last two. I've still got the goals I'm telling you. I guess collectively. It should always be collectively. But there was one or two, maybe, that I saw uncharacteristic mistakes by him. And actually, centre-back was quite strong at. That's one of the positions because you know, Kizzy's always played well when he's come into centre-back. You've got Omar, you've got Ben, you've got Lewis John. So yeah, everyone's got a fifth or a place. But I think, to be honest with you, I do really rate him. I do think he will. I think he's the best centre-back. But he's obviously just gone through maybe a dip in form. I think he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, I think he's excellent. Obviously, when he was out for a long time, we were all begging for him to come back. So that just shows that he's irreplaceable. But it's good to be able to say to people, okay, you're not indispensable to the side. Well, not indispensable. I mean, you can't be dropped. But so we kind of had a few people saying there was a different formation later in the match. As we started, Aidan had dropped back a bit. So we were kind of playing, I don't go too much about tactics. But we were kind of playing 4-1-4-1, if anything, with, I think, one of the defenders, Clay, for some reason, shielding the back four. What did you think about that? Was it noticeable? I mean, I'm guessing it was getting forward. We were all kind of a bit like blokes never scored. Why is he bombing forward? It did have a very different feel to the way the team was playing, didn't it? The shape was clearly different. I'm not sure what I'd call it either, but the way the team approached the match was very different as well. It didn't feel like a different side, but it felt like they were playing together differently. 
I'm sorry I'm talking nonsense. That's fine. I've done 150 shows and I'm talking nonsense all the time, so don't worry about it. You'll be presenting next. What were your thoughts, Andy, ahead of kickoff or not ahead of kickoff? As we sort of lined up and were playing a slightly, slightly different formation. I suppose, for most clubs, I don't think making that small tweak is a major change. But for us, Matt's always played the same approach for the last four seasons. I don't mean that there's any form of disrespect. But we have had a 4-4-2 ever since he's been at the club. So even that small tweak was quite a departure from what we've been used to. But I think it's needed, to be honest. I think, particularly the last few games with Forest Green. And it's a bit of a cliché, but I think teams have worked out how to play against us. I think it was right to do it in the summer, to change the personnel. But I think we do need to change the approach a bit as well. Just so it gives the opponent something a bit more to think about than thinking. I know how we're going to play and I know how to neutralise it, which I think has been happening. Yeah, I was going to just say it may also explain why I've never needed to really talk and worry about tactics on the show, because it is 4-4 bloody too, always. But one surprise was the set-piece goal. It was a surprise that it's a surprise, if that makes sense. Well, I think he scored a lot of goals, didn't he, for Bromley. So, clearly that is part of maybe the reason why he was playing. Not only as a defender, but for a team. I know we've got a few at Swindon, but at home we've been struggling to score goals. That's maybe part of the reason why he played. Because he does offer that threat. Clearly he does. I did think at times yesterday, the attacking patterns were much better than the previous games. But at the end of the day, our only goal was to set peace, so they are important to have that as an option. But then they did have a couple of good chances, Sarah. So one hit the posts, and Diano kind of injured his hip. Bit confused why they didn't drop the next two corners right on him, considering he wasn't shy about letting people know he'd hurt himself. But were you kind of thinking, we're just going to hang on here for half time? Or were you thinking it's that? It was a bit of a nail-biting one, wasn't it? I was like, please don't let me score just before half time. But because we'd been playing so well the first half, I didn't feel that sense of sinking dread that I felt like at Swindon. When the second goal, and I was like, is this going to be a cricket score? It wasn't, but it didn't feel like that. So, yeah, it was, like I say, a little bit nerve-wracking. But I thought, you know, we've got this. We've got this. I mean, second half, I have to admit, when they came up and scored, there was a bit of a deflection, I think, looking at it. So I'm not sure they would have scored without that. But it's only then I realized, oh god, we've only scored one here. So it's one minus one. It was one of those, oh man, we should have been two up by now. But what, again, Andy, what were you sort of thinking at one minus one? Were you worried we're going to lose it? Or were you still confident? I was concerned, when it first went in, we might have a problem here. But, actually, we responded really well. We looked a better team, even at 1-0. I can't remember too many clear-cut chances we created, but we had a lot of possession, a lot of touches in the final third. There were lots of opportunities, certainly four, I think, 
Aiden O'Brien, Omori Patrick. Those guys, they look good players at this level. So, the goal went in, maybe a little concerned, but because we responded so well, we were back at their end of the pitch. I was going to mention that one to you, Sarah. There was a couple of chances, and he's mentioned some of them. One was Aidan O'Brien skipping past two or three people. And then, as he himself said, right, leg day on Monday, because he did a very weak shot to end it. And the penalty one was Diane Pereira sort of beat, I've written down 16 players. It got through the entire team. And then good shout for a penalty. And then they went up the other end and nearly scored, and I think it just flashed past the far post. And as I sort of turned around, there were people leaving. And I'm like, hang on, it's one minus one. There's been two chances in the last 30 seconds. Why would you be leaving 15 minutes before the end of the match? I mean, I couldn't get it, but okay, each to their own. But we did have another little moment when we got Easty back on the pitch. Obviously, I think it's massively important. I'm sure he missed me in the last season, didn't he? When we went on that terrible run. At the start of the season, we had a couple of wins. Then he dropped out of the team again through injury, and we've gone on another losing run. So, I think that speaks for itself. Not only is he an important player for us, in terms of what he does on the pitch, but as a leader, as a captain. I think it's so important for him to end that. With Eastmond, I can't believe we signed him in the first place. How old was he? 24, 25. I don't know how we got him to National League South. Sarah, it was nine years I think he's been with us now, but how important is it to have him on that pitch again? It weighs me how important it is, actually. Because we have a different team. I don't know if he's reaching a bit too much, but him being on the bench. And everyone knew he was on the bench. And everyone knew he was likely to come on. I wonder if that's made a difference in the performance. The confidence. Wise. Because he clearly... He's such a presence on the pitch. I mean, he's obviously a very skilled player, but I think what he brings to the team is far beyond that. The team kind of works around him, if you like. He keeps it all settled, and like I say, it kind of almost worries me how much better we are with him than we are without him. Because there are going to be times when he can't play. He's not getting any younger, like you say. He's 30 to now. He's not old but he's not going to last forever. There was a nice little moment in Matt's interview, Matt being Matt, and, as I've said, he's a good manager wherever he is, whatever field. We've had a good, terrible run. It's a draw, I know that, it's not a win, but even that, he didn't try and take any credit. He was talking about the set pieces being organized by Jason and giving the credit for the good run. I thought it was a good result to the backroom staff not just going, it's me. It's me. It's me. Whereas when the defeats are, it's kind of like, it's a lot of it's on Matt, so I thought he was a bit. A lot more positive and looked a lot more happier, which is nice to see. A couple of points sent in, are we, most is the defense looked a lot more solid. Which I think we've kind of covered, and are we now expecting to push on in this? It's two draws, as I cheekily said. No, I really think, as I said. Certainly the attacking patterns were so much better yesterday. So much less predictable than they have been. I really think we did the lowest time to click yesterday. I think we got a better score than last year. 
We just haven't churned out those wins. So the points total looks really bad. But I think we have got a good squad. I think we will now use this to kick-start the season. I suppose the danger we've got is that we are cut adrift a little. We've got a lot of points to make up now. It doesn't look to be a Rochdale or an Oldham. We have one of these teams in competition. A complete disarray who is going to take up one of the relegation spots. So we have got a bit of work to do. A draw is good, but we do need three points. We need the wins, but I think we've got quite a good run coming up, haven't we? I know next Saturday is going to be difficult, because Crawley are on a good run. But I think after that we have got Doncaster, Salford. We need this to at least pick up to wins in the next three games. So we are not too far behind. Because otherwise it will become difficult. Yeah, Crawley series does seem to be one of those games that is set up that we can look back on and go, that's the point, that's the one. There's a lot of people who are going to Crawley who wouldn't necessarily go to away games like me. And a lot of tickets sold, so I think it's going to be one of those where everyone gets really, really behind the team, and I have just a feeling it could be a really big game. Well, we've beaten Crawley 3-0 the last two seasons. Let's hope we can do it again. Now, I do feel like I agree with what Andy just said. I feel a lot more positive. Because the fact that we played, we looked different yesterday. If we'd played like we had done against the Crington or Swindon and got a result, I'd be feeling really quite negative about the draw. But because we looked different and we looked positive, and we could have won that game, there was no point against a Crington that I felt like we could win this game. Yesterday was different, so I'm feeling a lot more positive. And I think if we do beat Crawley, which is not a given by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination. But if we do, I think that could be a turning point. And I think it's a lot of it's up here, isn't it? You know, it's psychological. If you go on a losing streak, and it's a losing streak as long as our one, you know, forget the cup games. If you go on a losing streak that long in the league, it's going to do things to people. And I think yesterday's going to help take the edge off it very much because we did look positive. And if we get a result on Saturday, I think, not that it'll be all our problems solved, but I think that could put us well on the way to picking up, which we really need to do. Well, I'm deciding to just draw a line under the moment of the match because it seems that people aren't that interested in it. So I'm not going to ask you for your moment in the match, we will move on to the next game, which is a cup game, and it is a free hit. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we have, well, I've seen all three versions. I've got Daniel, Danny, or Dan. I'm not sure which you prefer. Dan's absolutely fine. Dan's absolutely fine. But I respond to her a lot worse. I'm sure I do as well. So you're a Port Vale fan. You're on the Ale and the Vale podcast as well. Yeah, lovely. I haven't listened to loads because obviously you're not in our division anymore. But I do remember listening a while back, and there was a big drama about a cooker exploding. Did that ever get resolved? That was the other co-host, and yes, it did. He had a new cooker, and he isn't just living. Well, he might still be living on takeaways, but he has got a cooker as well. So, just a few questions. Tell us about yourself and your Port Vale history. I'm 36, and I've probably been going for 32, 33 years. So, since as long as I can remember, my dad and granddad used to take me down. You know, used to live walking. Well, I still walk to the ground. It's about 20 minutes now. I used to be about five minutes from the ground, so I've been going Vale all my life. So started early 90s, which is when the Vale pushed on and we become a championship club. Then spent quite a few years in the championship, and one year just missed out on the playoffs to get to the championship. So in all that time, you must have some, and I need you to say yes. But you must have some weird traditions or superstitions because I have like 10,000 of them. So I just need to be a little bit less weird. Do you know? I used to, and I used to have the tradition that I had to wear the shirt watching them that they were wearing. So away games, I'd take both shirts to see which one they were wearing and whether. But that's gone now, because this year's home shirt I brought it, but I'm not a big fan of it. So I tend to just wear the away shirt if I ever want. But that's about it, really. So no, I can't say I have. Fair enough. I've got things like I can't cross a certain road until I've reached a certain lamppost. I have to go in a certain gate. And I say, oh my God, this is just—they're just building up more and more now as I get older. But what's your—I mean, you've probably told me this bit, but what's your kind of go-to story or memory when someone says, "Why do you support Port Vale?" What's your story to tell them? What's your favorite? It's that one dad and granddad take me. But if I go back to sort of what really got me hooked, it was Valentine's Day, 1996. So I can even tell you when it was, and we were playing Everton in the FA Cup, and it's the year that Everton were cup holders. They beat Man United in the final in '95. Paul Rideout scored the winner at Wembley, and we drew them in the FA Cup. Drew them at Goodison Park first, and we got a two-minus one draw, and brought them back to Vale Park on Valentine's Day, and it was live on BBC. And we beat them on the tally, BBC Valentine's, and I was down at the ground, and the atmosphere. Everyone was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. John McCarthy scored, and Ian Bogey scored, and they were the cup holders. And that's when your Premier League sides played the Foo side. So they got players like Andre Kincholskis, Daniel Amakarki, Neville Southall, David Watson at the back, Graeme Stewart. So they got a real good side, and we got a good side. Yep. If you could change one thing about your club at the moment, what would it be? That's a tough one, isn't it? Because three years ago it was easy. Now we've got a really well-run club. Everything's going good behind the scenes. There's the odd blips, but everything's good. We've got real good players now. Fans, probably fans in their understanding of football. There's some fans in our stadium, and we this year have become very much a possession-based side. So we will look to recycle the ball. If there's nothing on forward, they'll turn, play it back, 
cross, sideways, and try and move teams about. And some of our fans just want to shout forward. Even if there's nothing on forward, they want the ball pumped forward. And we've got a goalkeeper that will play sweeper keeper now. And even when we're on the attack, and the ball's at the edge of the opposition's half, we've got some fans that are screaming to the goalie, "Get back in your goal!" I don't get it. So maybe the fans' understandings of modern football and how it works now—it's not. We haven't got a big lad up front, so. We heard that we got a lot of criticism this year that all we do is play hoofball and against Villa under 21s the other night. We were doing a bit of that, and I think it got to four or five passes before I started hearing people screaming, "Get it forward!" You want the ball on the floor and forward as quickly. So how's the season been for you so far? Truthfully, unbelievable. Opening day of the season, we got beat seven to zero at Barnsley. Which is the biggest defeat on the opening day since 1963 for any club. So we've now equaled the record, and we all thought, "Oh, we're in for a long, hard season here." And then we went on a nine-game undefeated streak, and at one point went top of the table. So we are very much overperforming this year. We're now fourth on the table, which I think even the most optimistic Vale fan, if you'd have said fourth after nine games, we'd laugh at you. But we're playing some real good. Attractive football. We're creating lots of opportunities. We're kind of playing a three minus six minus one with wing backs, but the wing backs are more wide midfielders than wing backs. So we've changed the formation and we're creating tons of chances. The problem is we're not very clinical at the moment, and we won a lot of games one to zero where we should have won three or four. Weekend we drew one minus one, and we've missed one from eight yards out. We missed a one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, but then saved a penalty right at the end. So we're very much overperforming. We're a footballing side. Get the ball down. Play it from side to side. Look for them openings. And we've got some real quality in the side this year, which I've got saying the 30 odd years of watching Vale. We've got some of the best players I've ever seen in Vale shirts. That sounds good. So that sounds like you're not interested in the League Cup whatsoever. You're just going to put out a bunch of kids and just give us a buy into the next round. Be nice. I fully expect us to make changes. However, I think the thought with Vale fans is, and obviously, who knows what the manager's thinking. We don't want too many changes because we want a strong enough side to go through, and we don't want to take you lightly because we've had it this year where we've been playing the likes of Reading that have come down, Blackpool that have come down. Charlton away and oh, we should be beating teams like Port Vale. And guess what? They didn't. So we don't want to take you lightly. We don't want to be one of them. Oh, we should be beating teams like Sutton. We're not getting disrespected, and I think we'll put a side out that the manager thinks is strong enough on the night. I imagine there will be one or two kids in there, but mixed with first-team players. We've only got one fit striker at the moment, so I presume he's going to have to start. I imagine we'll stick with his number one in goal, Connor Ripley, the captain Smith. I imagine we'll start. He pretty much plays every game. Okay, so this is going to be a weird question. What needs to happen for us to win the game? So what goes wrong from your point of view? Truthfully, where we lack depth is the wing back position. We've got Mitchell Clark, who plays on the right, and I fully anticipate he'll be rested because he came off at halftime at the weekend. Now, if he's rested, I'll back up wing back as a center midfielder that fills in at wing back, at right side, and in the nicest respect, he's not a wing back. 
And if you get at him and get at the right hand side, if he plays, that's where you can get judged. The other side, we've got Connor Green. Grant took him in from Plymouth, but again, if he doesn't play, we've got a young lad that plays there, James Plant. That's come through the youth team, and he's actually a winger, not a wing back. So, at times, he can get found out defensively, but it depends what sort of game he has. If he's switched on, you'll get no joy out of him. If he lapses concentration, that's where you'll get your joy down the wings. I think through the middle with solid is anything. Great, so Andy, is that what we wanted to hear? I don't think so. Not exactly what I want to hear. It sounds like they have got a pretty strong track. Let's be honest. I think none of this is expected to get to a third round, I don't think. Based on our cut the times, we have played in this competition before. And if we are going to lose in the third round, we want to lose to someone a bit more glamorous with, no offence to Port Vale. I don't think they really want to play us, let's be honest. I guess it's going to be a really tough game. Exactly, yeah. I mean, hey, you've got a point. I remember when the draw was made, there was a few of us on Twitter going, oh, bloody hell, Port Vale, that's probably the worst one we could get. And there was a few Port Vales jumping on going, no, we got you, that's the worst one. Yeah, but we can't draw ourselves. You don't understand, we can't draw ourselves. Yeah, in all fairness, we said that drawing you was a good draw if we beat you. If we don't beat you, it's a terrible draw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Sarah, what are your thoughts, Sarah? Do you like the sound of the wingbacks having Omari and Josh running at them, or do you not think that's going to happen? I'd rather like to see that actually. I'm quite looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good game of football and bearing in mind. We've beaten twice as many League One sides this season than we have League Two. Yeah, we can beat them. We just can't beat teams in our own divisions so watch out Dan. Yeah, fingers crossed. I guess the Port Vale team is quite different from when we played them in the league a couple of years ago. Back then the home game was one of the best games I have seen. It was fantastic. Well, we've got to lads on loan from the Premier League. We've got Ole Arblaster on loan from Sheffield, who's centre midfielder. And we've got Alfie Devine on loan from Tottenham, and they're cut above anything in League One. So, I'm truly hoping that we don't rest them and they play, because I think if they play, they are a class above them. I mean, Ole Arblaster is unbelievable. He went off training with the England under-20s at the last international break. As did Alfie Devine and Alfie Devine ended up training with the first team, and we're kind of pinching ourselves as Vale fans. We've got them, but last time we played, I think at your place, Jamie Proctor went off injured when we were 2-0 up. And it completely swung the game because you bullied us from that point. In a nice way, you know, you got on top of us, physical, bullied us, and turned the game around. Then at our place, Jamie Proctor scored the scissor kick, if you remember, from the edge of the box, sort of Paolo Di Canio-esque. And we were good then, but most of them players have gone. We've got James Wilson up front, who was there at the time, who obviously come through United's ranks, and he's a local lad. He's a good player on his day. And then the captain, Nathan Smith. And I try and think if there's anybody else left from that team. Someone's going to shout at me because I've forgotten someone but it is pretty much a changed side now. And we were a physical side back then. Now we are very much a footballing side. 
Okay, so for both teams, this is basically a free hit. I know we'd all both love to get through, get a packed Anfield, get some money in the coffers, but are there any kind of implications? If you lose to little old Sutton, is it the end of the world, or is it going to be what we need to concentrate on in the league? Andy, we'll start with you. I don't think we're going to win this game. I think we need to win against Crawley. That's more important. I don't think we're going to win this game. I think the way we've started the season, it's a case of, if we lose, we go again and we go in the league. Because the next three league fixtures for us is Bolton at home, Bristol Rovers away, then Portsmouth away. So three tough league games coming up, and probably the same as you, this is our second Tuesday game of four in a row. Because we've got a league game again the Tuesday after, and then we've got the Eiffel Trophy the Tuesday after. So, fixtures are coming thick and fast, so I expect changes. And Sarah, what do you think? Any implications for us, or is it just again a free hit? Like I said earlier about the psychological thing, I think it would be absolutely massive for us if we won it. In terms of a boost for the team, and the supporters as well. Actually, I think some of the supporters have been getting a bit fed up, but like you say, I think most of our fans would also agree that we really need to sort things out. We've been doing well in the cup. It's the league we need to sort things out in. Yeah, the performance is going to be key. Andy, let's split the fan base then. Go on, what do you think? For both clubs probably. If we didn't get a more glamorous game. Because ideally for financial reasons as well, you want to get a bigger club. But yeah, right now I'd rather win on Saturday. And then the following game with Selford. It's been more important. If we win, great. But it's not the end of the world if we lose. I guess you don't want to lose heavily. It's mad that the prize money in the League Cup is so much worse than the prize money in the Eiffel Trophy that no one wants to be in. It's just absolutely insane. But Dan, we've invented this brand new scheme. You're going to go into the changing room for 30 seconds before the players run out. What message will you give your players? And can I have a score prediction, please? Message to the players, as we haven't been to the fourth round of this competition for over 20 years. Last time we got there was top number way, who obviously aren't in it anymore, so it won't be them, but let's go out. Get a result and get a Premier League side away from home, get some money in the coffers, and repay the chair lady for all the money that she's put in, let her get some money back in the club. Score prediction. I think it'll be a tough game. I think you'll come and give us a right tough game. But to minus one. Okay, and Sarah, what's your little message going to be in the scoreline prediction? Oh, God. I wouldn't trust me with that. I would just say to them, basically, have fun. It's have fun. Have a good time. Enjoy prediction. If they just go and have fun, we'll lose three to zero. But they're going to do a good job, I think. Hand on heart. I'm not expecting us to win. Even though I kind of, my heart says we'll win. My head says no. We won't win. Two to one loss. Okay, Andy, what do you think? So what's your message to the players 30 seconds before they go out? And what's the scoreline prediction? I guess the message for me is to keep the momentum from Saturday. The performance is the main thing. I think Port Vale's got a really big pitch, hasn't it? It's like the biggest pitch. So there should be plenty of space to play good football. 
I hope we win, but I kind of think if I had to bet on it, like Sarah said, I'd probably go to 2-1. I think we could go out there and put on a good performance. But yeah, I'm not expecting us to win. Okay, well, I'm going to go with, at the end of 90 minutes or whatever, I'm going to go for 1-1 draw and then penalties, whatever, I don't care. So, we'll go for a draw so we remain unbeaten in this competition for the year. Chuck your thoughts in as well. There should be a code on the screen. There is a code on the screen, yay. I'm always excited when that works. So, scan the code and you get through to the link for the form. Just put in your prediction and we'll join the league. At the moment, I think Paul is at the top of the league. We have only 25 points from, like, 70 to maximum. So, we're really not very good at this prediction business, but join in anyway. But we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you very much for everyone's time. Thanks everyone, for listening. Thanks for your ear 10 tie-in. And give us any feedback, follow, like, share at Sudden Podcast and all the social medias. Don't forget to like, subscribe on the platforms, give a little like over on the YouTube Why thing. And thank you to Sarah, to Andy, and to Dan, Daniel, Danny, for all your time. And once again, thanks to Lucky Star Jin for sponsoring. Next up, we will have someone. I haven't actually finalized it yet, but we will have someone. On Wednesday to talk about the Port Vale match and look forward to Crawley. But other than that, take care and we'll see you soon. Podcast Network.